0: It's now time for an in-depth look dedicated to all things pertaining to the New York Red Bulls. Tackling all of the latest news and happenings both on and off the pitch. This is the Fall of Bulls Podcast. The Red Bulls suffered back-to-back losses, first in Orlando, then down in Mexico to Chivas. We recap both matches and preview their second-leg CONCACAF Champions League semifinal versus Chivas at Red Bull Arena. Hey, everyone. Welcome once again to the Full of Bulls podcast alongside Alfredo Fumasas. I'm Mike Corby. Cristiano Oliveira couldn't make it with us this week. He's out uh, scouting the kids for the Red Bull Academy. We'll just uh, keep it at that. But uh, he's OK. He'll be back soon. Um, of course, you could uh, follow us on our Twitter page at F.O.B.S. podcast on Instagram at Full of Bulls. Find us on Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes. Uh, Alfredo, how you doing today?
1: Mike, I'm I'm doing well. It's uh it's yeah. a Thursday night. It's our unusual night. We usually we record on Wednesdays, but because the Red Bulls played uh, yesterday, here we are, uh, and the Red Bulls don't play this weekend. But we got a double dose of Red Bulls to speak of.
0: Yeah, double dose and um two negative results, uh, both in their own uh, separate uh stratospheres. First, I'll just. Run down real quick. The Red Bulls last Saturday, as we left last, was they're heading to Orlando City and they fell to four to three defeat in a barn burner against O-City. Um, congrats. First off, to Florian Vallaud and Derek Etienne Jr. both getting their first MLS goals. And Aaron Long also had a goal for the Red Bulls, too, but that wasn't enough. The defense was torched a bit. Um, in a bit controversial fashion with Dom Dwyer's first goal, how somehow that was allowed. We'll get into that as well when he just pushed in Luis Robles to the back of the net, and then the ball went in. Uh, but nonetheless, they dropped points to Orlando, who was previously winless. Uh, the Red Bulls fall to two wins and two losses in their first four games in the 2018 MLS season. Already seven points behind the unbeaten NYCFC, for, who was in first place in Eastern Conference. To add insult to injury, actual injury, the Red Bulls also um, lost Kyle Duncan in the 78th minute of that game. He went off hobbling, and it comes to find out that he did suffer a torn ACL in his right knee. He's going to be having surgery coming up soon. And uh, I don't know when it was scheduled, but I think within the the next few weeks. So best wishes to Kyle Duncan. Hopefully he gets back. He recovers soon. He's a young kid. And I know he was really helping the Red Bulls early on, Alfredo. Yeah. And he was really someone who just we didn't really know that much about. He just signed with them before um uh was it was the Portland game, I think. Yeah. I mean he was someone who was training with them, just signed with them um I guess something they'd already planned for. Signed with him, he jumped in there that that night he's done well with the red Bulls since then and it was just a shame to see him go down
1: yeah look uh, if you guys uh are, are listeners of our podcast you know that we're fans of Kyle duncan here we had a chance of speaking to her uh, to to him in a locker room cristiano and and myself a good kid uh and like you said mike you was bringing a lot to to that uh, right side of the the red bulls uh, defense yeah. and it was he was kind of a, a surprise to us because even though he had been in the academy of the rebels have been brought up in the academy right. spent a year in france we had no idea who this kid was uh so he was a nice surprise and, and i hope that you uh, can recover quickly uh, i think that right now the rebels haven't been able what their official statement is that after the surgery then they will have a better timeline on when kyle duncan would be available uh but uh i mean with
0: ACLs. Usually in ACL, you yeah. pretty much get to count him out for the 2018 season. So yeah, if, but you think sometime, he'll be ready to start 2019, the MLS yeah. season 2019.
1: Look, I know we're going to get into the game a little bit, but the, the, the biggest thing is that how do you suffer a, a torn ACL and you still... Come on the field and try to help the team. Try to give you uh, your contribution the best you can. I mean, we've seen guys that have had ACLs and the, their hand goes right up in the air and 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 signaling that they can't go. So I don't know if if there's uh, the the type of severity of uh, of uh, the the, tear in the ACL. So, but nonetheless, it's still a tear. Still needs to go through the procedure. Still needs to heal. Uh, but I guess depending on the surgery and the procedures is how they're going to define the timeline.
0: Yeah. So but once again, best wishes to Kyle Duncan. Hopefully he gets back. Surgery goes well and uh, the healing process is sooner than later. But obviously you don't want to rush anything. Uh, make sure everything's healed up when he does come back. All right. On to the Orlando City game before we jump into the Chivas game. Yeah. Um, Obviously, they had their sights set for last night's game, Wednesday night's game, against Chivas. So they do put out a weaker side, and they come away with zero points. And they did this against Real Salt Lake, going up against a winless team, a team that's not good. Real Salt Lake's not good. Orlando City. They they have great fan base there, great support. But the team has just – hasn't really – taken off since that expansion year, which they didn't make the playoffs then and they haven't made the playoffs since then. And this this Orlando City team didn't really even look that good either. But yeah. there's two games where they should have had teams they should have beat at the very least come away with a point, a draw, and, and they get zero points on this. Yes, it's a long season. Yes, I, I keep on you know harping on it. It's a long season. They are focused on the, the Champions League. But th- this is I, I don't care that it's early. Th- these are points that you need. They're already seven points behind City for first place, yeah, it's a playoff system. All, we'll, you know, top five, six teams in each conference get in. But still, it's the, the season's not won early on, but you could really dig yourself a big hole where you can't come out of where you keep on dropping points early in the season.
1: Mike, I, look, I, I think that you're one part of of this Red Bull fan base because there's. There's definitely guys that are split. Right. There's guys that think, well, CCL is the most important competition right now for this club is something where we could ish- achieve something historically. I mean, they've already achieved something historically by going as far as they've gotten. So there's that type of that, th- that section of the fan base that thinks that way. And then there's the other side that thinks like you look. You know, I don't care. You got a team that's deep enough. Let's balance it out. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's balance. And, and I'll be at, you know, a game in Orlando with the heat, with the humidity. And you got to play and you got to travel and play in Mexico a few days later. Balance it out. To me, I, I get what Jesse's doing. He's right. obviously focused and putting his primary focus on the CCL. But this lineup that he fielded against Orlando was by far the worst lineup he's fielded all season.
0: I'm sorry, just I just want to interrupt you one second. Here's a point I did have written down before I'll I'll let you get back to the lineup. When we talk about rotating guys and going with a real weekend lineup, they were playing on a Saturday. Yes, it's hot in Orlando. They're playing on Saturday, but they didn't play again until Wednesday night at Chivas. There were still a couple days where it gives the guys to recuperate now that you're gonna have injuries like Kyle duncan you can't predict injuries like that, but I think there was enough days in between where they could have started a good amount of their their regulars and made sure they gotten a result there in orlando yeah look
1: uh, i I agree with you there's plenty of of time uh in between games. The other thing is that you got to think is that. The intensity in which the rebels play in, which is not a normal intensity for a team, um, then you add on the factor at uh, in Guadalajara that you got to deal with the altitude. So I I think that you know, if if I'm being perfectly honest, and and I think that you know, the most basic common sense of this is that Jesse wanted to have his guys at 100%. Didn't want to have his guys. At uh, 80 or 89 or 95, you wanted to have these guys, these guys at a hundred percent. So I look, I I get the thought process for me. I I agree with you, Mike. I think that there's got to be a balance Uh, and going back into the lineup, you know, you got guys in in this team in this team like Revis, Reavas was playing attacking midfielder. Since when does has ever Reavers ever played attacking midfielder? Remember
0: I said how Orlando City, I'm not trashing Orlando City, but they really haven't stepped up and taken it to the next level since they've entered into MLS. The Red Bulls had a lineup out there starting eleven with three guys who were played for Orlando City that Orlando City really didn't want anymore. And they were <laughs> in your starting eleven.
1: Yeah, I I mean, that that's a great illustration of uh, of your point. Uh, I mean, obviously, Tommy Redding, uh, uh, Carlos Rivas were guys that Orlando had a lot of hopes for. Uh, Colin is a veteran. He's been he's been around. So we understand, you know, all his hops and, and jumps to different teams. But Rivas and Redding were really guys that Orlando was hoping that they would become important players for this team. So the fact that they traded them away just goes to show that, OK, we we gave up on these guys uh, and they're probably right now at, at a point in an in, in section of the team that we could do without. But like I was saying, Carlos Rivas playing midfield. First of all, he's not a midfielder. Uh, yeah, he's a forward. Yeah. He's not a guy that's going to track back. And I think in 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 that uh, in one of the goals, he doesn't track back. Connor Lade is is one v two. He has he goes to the guy that's in front of him because he can't see the guy behind him. The ball gets put past him, and the guy scores that's behind Connor Lade. That's not Connor fault. That's Carlos Rivas' fault because he should have tracked back to cover that guy. And we saw tons of times during during the game, Carlos Rivas did not track back, and that hurt uh, that hurt the Red Bulls. But not only that, the defensive line um, was was awful. Uh, let's let's not forget that yeah. the Red Bulls, up until this point, they had given up. Uh, in the past three ma- three uh, matches, they had given up one goal. In this game, they gave up four goals. Yeah. So I mean, regardless, and, and like you said, that 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 call, uh, and I don't understand why they go to the VAR and the VAR looks at different angles and they didn't see all of the angles that we saw at home with the shirt pulled, the shirt tug, and then a forearm pushing the goalkeeper into the six. There's you cannot. Have contact with the goalkeeper if you're not going for the ball. So the VAR should have called that game, should have called that goal back after, yeah, you know. Why,
0: why even have it? <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. don't, that's why I don't.
1: So I don't, I can understand that the ref is not well positioned. Maybe he's got guys he doesn't have the right angle to see uh, the, the play. But when you go to the VAR and when you're afforded the luxury of having five, six, eight different camera angles that you could look at and that you could really. Uh, uh, look at the play. Look at every detail. You have to make that call. Yeah. But it, that wasn't the reason why the rebels uh, lost. Oh of yeah, there were
0: there was a lot of uh, other reasons why. And I'll tell you that that fourth goal that that was very uh, unfortunate. You talk about, <laughs> about uh. Coleman getting the credit for that goal. He was sitting there and uh Sutter just bounced that goal off a yeah. of deflected pass. Yeah. That it, was a that was very unfortunate. It's,
1: it's it's a fortuitous bounce and uh the other thing and I think that that Jesse mentioned this in, in his presser, what it, it was unfortunate that that Kyle Duncan uh wanted to continue playing. Uh Jesse Marsh had a substitution ready to go to to substitute Kyle Duncan. Uh but because Kyle Duncan said he was okay yeah. to continue he burned his substitution on a guy for up front and then kyle duncan ended up leaving so i don't think that you know playing with uh with 10 guys for whatever it was seven five minutes whatever made a difference it's a fortuitous goal At well,
0: the let's, end put, the- let's put it this way he left the game in the 78th minute and the Red Bulls tied the game with Aaron Long's header in the 82nd minute, so they they equalized, right. Already a man down, and after that, it looked like it was probably going to end in a draw. And it was just that, you know, freak deflection, and they yeah. lost.
1: But it, I mean, that was the type of game. It was a lot of back and forth, a lot of sloppy play, um, a lot of things that the you know the Red Bulls didn't do well, uh, and it cost them as a result. But here's here's the other angle that I wanted to offer in regards to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse having the rotation this is perhaps the best situation Jesse Marsh could have to test guys to see whether or not he's going to be able to count on them for the rest of the season so this is a test right now for these guys who are having the opportunity to show themselves and to show what they could do for this team on whether or not they're going to be where they're going to be in a pecking order as far as the depth chart. And, and obviously, I mean, and, our, and I don't want to bash the guy, but I don't think uh, Redding is going to be uh, too far up there. And Carlos Rivas, you guys already know what I, what I think about him. Uh, so uh, I don't know. And then there's other guys out there that, you know, they're putting in a good effort, you know, Uh Bezincourt, Valo, you know, they're putting in good efforts, uh, but uh, it just, it wasn't enough. And I think that, the past three games, when I said the Red Bulls have been the better team out of the three opponents that they have faced, I don't think that they were better than Orlando in yeah. this game.
0: Right. No, I, I think I, both I,
1: teams were equally
0: bad. Yeah, yeah. And one other guy I want to get into, get into and um, we'll get into him again once we start talking about the Chivas scheme here in a moment, was uh, Aurelian and Colin, where, I, I mean – he, I'll say this now for the Orlando City game, and you know we'll come back. He was lucky that he was still on on the field for for the end of that game. He's lucky he wasn't sent off for the second yellow. And it seemed like he had a a struggle all game. And I was wondering, I'm going, how do you really, you know, keep on putting him out there when when you're supposed to have all this depth? Why this guy keeps on going out there? And of course, he wound up starting a few days later, but. Yeah, I I don't get why you you put both him and Redding out there in in that situation. I don't understand why you couldn't have your regular center backs at least out there. You want to put some of the other guys and up, you know, the other guys, you know, the forward players. That's fine. But I would have at least went with that lineup. I would have had some of your stronger center backs playing in that game.
1: Uh, Escobar is not at 100 percent. He's coming off a a hamstring injury, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, some kind of leg injury, a
0: calf, right? Wasn't a calf or... Yeah, f- forgive me yeah. for
1: not knowing exactly what it is, but it was a leg injury, so he's not 100%. So Jesse Marsh opted to have the extra days to rest him, so maybe he could be available off the bench against uh, Shivas. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, look, look, I, I, I think I there's no one that could question um, Colin's heart, Colin's desire, uh, Collins. Uh, just will to to play and, and to play well and to represent the, the colors for the club that he plays. But Colin is at a point in his career that his intensity is what are uh, what is going to win him tackles. And I think the fact that he's always playing at the limit uh, between what should be considered a good tackle, a good 50-50 to something that's overly aggressive he's always playing within that limit and look there's times that he he just gets caught because either he got to the to attack late or his timing is not 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 the right timing so we got caught against shivas but you're right against orlando same deal but that's that's just colin
0: all right, that's so we wrap up the Orlando City game. Um, the Red Bulls don't have another MLS game until a few weeks because they're off this weekend. That game against Houston got postponed. Uh other news, Red Bull news from that Saturday, it wasn't all a loss for Red Bull teams. Red Bull two bounced back and defeated the Charlestown Battery five to two at Red Bull Arena that Saturday, while the Red Bull uh varsity team was losing down in Orlando. Brian White with a goal and two assists. Amando Moreno, who made the USL team of the week with two goals. Andrew Tenardi continued his start, hot, hot start to the season. He had a goal. And then uh, Cristiano Oliveira's video game partner, Ben Mines, he uh, earned a penalty uh, that bet Brian White scored for the opener. You know He converted it, so he earned a penalty there. And he wound up scoring his own goal later in the game. So that's weird. I think he scored an MLS goal before he scores his uh, – first USL goal. So good for Red Bull too. They now have two wins and a loss to open the season. They only set a point back out of first place. Their next match is this Saturday at the Richmond Kickers kickoff at 5 p.m. So congrats to the Baby Bulls on their victory. All right, now to the game that we're um, the focus for the Red Bulls was on. That was their Scotiabank CONCACAF Champions League semifinal first leg down in Guadalajara versus Chivas and Red Bulls, you know, it was a warm evening. It was the altitude and the Red Bulls fell to defeat the Chivas on a goal in the 26th minute. And it was Bruzella's um, goal. And it was a bit unfortunate because both teams uh, – we were talking briefly beforehand before we came to, to air. Uh, both teams – yeah, they were okay. There wasn't really one that outplayed the other, but it was just that one mistake with Tyler Adams in the midfield, and they got burned on it. Um, Aurelian Collin, who we were just talking about, he gets sent off with two yellow cards, so he's going to miss the return leg. Alex Mwiel is also going to miss the return leg because he picked up a yellow card, but also he left the game with the with a head injury. It looked like he got. Um, I don't know if he was suffered a concussion or not. I'm sure they're still diagnosing and making sure. Um, you know, overall, uh, they had one shot on goal. Bradley Wright Phillips was not until about the seventy ninth minute, and it was a nice save by Cota. Overall, that match, Alfredo, yeah, it wasn't really a bad performance, but it just wasn't good enough to win. Just what exactly what went wrong for the Red Bulls in Guadalajara Wednesday well, night?
1: You know, there there there's a couple things, right? I think that the the styles for both teams uh kind of cancelled each other out right so the bull teams like to press press high and counter press and i think that the uh, that the red bulls got a little bit of a taste of their own medicine when they counter press teams in the mls so i thought that the was, was very physical on the on the challenges and i think that the red bulls for as good as they are as a team um and team co- cohesion and what they've been able to accomplish as a team in these past couple seasons with a lot of young kids these are these are kids that are, are, are not used to playing in environments like in Guadalajara right so you got 40,000 people uh, you got a very audible uh rowdy crowd if if you will and then on top of that you have the altitude and you got the high pressing by Chivas. i think that the, the rebels weren't dominated by Shivas, but i think they were a little bit intimidated by all the factors all the circumstances that went into this went into this game and as you mentioned not one team was dominating one after the other but the game got really physical and i think that the, the red bulls is, have been used to a little bit of the the physicality but i think that the atmosphere along with the physicality along with the high press by shivas was something that really tied up the rebels i thought that tyler adams had perhaps one of the one of his worst performances as a as a red bull
0: yeah when, uh, when with, exactly what exactly went went wrong for him was it just part of the well, accumulation with the rest of the red bulls just them you know uh, being an the atmosphere that you really used to or
1: I, I just think that uh, that the rebels were overrun in the midfield. I thought that Tyler Adams, at, there was a lot of 2v1s uh, against Tyler Adams. I thought that sometimes when he got the ball, he couldn't find uh, feet to pass the ball. And as a result, he would take too much time with the ball and, and he would uh, turn over the ball. So it was just a combination. I think it was a combination. It was a combination of the rebels not having... Uh, enough guys in the midfield and then being pressed to the point that, didn't, that the guys that carry the ball didn't have enough time or didn't have targets to get that ball away and were always caught in position. So so there were, it was a combination of that. And, and it's a perfect example on the, the goal that uh, the Red Bulls give up. Is pressure on Tyler Adams. Tyler Adams passes the ball to a, a, a well-tightly marked Sean Davis, who tries to shield um, the his defender from the ball, but you know gets uh, loses the ball, and then Shivas comes down two v one against Tyler Adams. So it was just that play itself was kind of a mirror of everything that went on. Uh, the whole game where were the Red Bulls pressed not with enough time, not with people uh not playing supported supported football um and perhaps that not playing supported football has we have to give credit to Shivas that was marking tight and wasn't giving guys uh time to get the ball in space.
0: Was there with the lineup that they put out there, with the the, the players that they had starting or the, um, the formation, did um did Jesse Marsh, regardless of them winning the game 1-0 one, one or losing the game 1-0, did Jesse Marsh get the lineup wrong? They, could, could he have done something better with the – did something different with the setup that might have produced a better result for the Red Bulls?
1: Look, I mean, this this is the lineup that he's been feeling throughout the CCL, right? So when you play with three in the back – you're going to have to give up a man in the midfield. So when you only play with two guys in the midfield and two, and, and Adams a little lower and uh, Davis a little higher up the field, not necessarily in the same band because Davis now has to support both Royer and Will. Uh, so, I think that you know when you play with three center backs, you you give up that extra man in the midfield, and it's that's the guy that perhaps sometimes can help you hold on to the ball, uh, keep possession uh, for a little longer. It could be a guy that also dictates the the tempo of the game, slow down the game now, push the game, be more direct. You know, uh, go with passes uh, backwards just to cool down the tempo. And I think that uh, you know when you Play with those three center backs. You give up a guy in the midfield.
0: For the return leg now, which is going to be twos- next Tuesday night, April 10th at Red Bull Arena. They're back home, 8 p.m. kickoff. That's what the time set. The TV coverage, Univision uh, Deportes, and also go90.com if you want the English feed. Actually, I pulled that up because I sort of found out about it because the game last night, the game before the Red Bulls game was coming on, was going into penalties. It was going a little long. So I found the English feed online. I just kept that up. Chivas heads to Harrison with a one-goal aggregate. Muil, um, Colin, they're out due to yellow card accumulation. Hopefully, Muil's feeling better with with the knock. He took it ahead. Now for the for the the return leg. Now what what did the uh, besides not conceding goal, but what did the Red Bulls have to do to really get the attack going back at home?
1: Look, I I think that the. Uh, despite what may be a favorable cloud, a crowd to, to Shivas. If, yeah. if you, if you, I mean, if we thinking about it, that's one of the things that you have to think about. And that I think that's why every Red Bull fan should really go to this game in order for the Red Bull fan base to be the majority rather than the, this, the Shivas uh, uh, fan base. Right. So for one thing, the Red Bulls are playing at home. They're more confident at home. They're they're still going to have that same that same type of physicality um, that they had down in, in Guadalajara. Although they won't probably won't have to do with too much of of the atmosphere that they had down there. Definitely not the altitude. But I think, look, the the rebels have to be confident in what they do. You know, when whoever comes in for those guys, you know they gotta play their part, and they gotta, you know, uh, give their con- contribution to the team. and And I think that look, one nothing uh, against down there, uh, not to say that it could have been worse because Guadalajara didn't really have that many opportunities. But one nothing is a result that you could very well turn around here, especially at home. Where, like I said, you feeling confident? Where you got your fan base, hopefully, behind you. I think that it's something that the rebels can play. I don't see the rebels doing anything different than what they mm-hmm. did uh, down in uh, Guadalajara. I don't think Jesse will will, will mess uh, with the with the formation. If anything, he'll just maybe he'll play with two center backs uh, in the back and add another guy to the midfield so he's not overrun again. So he has options uh, from those midfielders. So I don't know. Um, I just, I just don't think that the rebels are not able to turn this around. I, I really think that the rebels have the ability and have the personnel to turn this, this, uh, this, this thing around.
0: It was funny as you're saying where they weren't really under attack down in Guadalajara. Where actually, the, the round before in the quarterfinals, when they were in Tijuana, they came away with a 2 0 win. But yet it was Luis Robles making save after save after save. And, you know, he had one or two pretty good saves last uh, Wednesday night. You know, the the one goal you can really blame him for. But that just goes to show you where – yeah, they go to Chivas. They don't really do too badly, but they lose. Whereas Tijuana, they were under fire, but they come away two 0 It's a yeah, it's a, it's a funny game how it works out. But
1: yeah, no, absolutely. I don't. I don't think that the the Red Bulls suffered the same onslaught that they suffered down in Tijuana. So you know, if you're a Red Bull fan, you got to have a positive outlook on this game that's coming up because uh, you know you you did enough stay in the game and I think when you add the home factor then you you may turn it for
0: you right before we sign off I I also wanted to bring this up the other Scotiabank CONCACAF Champions League semifinal was the night before was Tuesday night Toronto FC congratulations to them they won the first leg of that semifinal versus uh, Miguel Herrera and Club America 3-1 at BMO Field in Toronto And go figure here, Alfredo, go figure. TFC was involved in another altercation (laughs) in the tunnel leading to the locker rooms. But you know what? It's, it's not. It's not Toronto's fault. It's never Toronto's fault. You know, yeah. it's everyone else's fault. It can't be Toronto's fault. Toronto's the team that's gonna win everything, and they're gonna go to the Club World Cup in it was usually in Yokohama or wherever it is in Japan, and they're gonna throttle Real Madrid because this is the best team of all time. <laughs> that Manchester United treble team that won in '99, that won all the three. Nah, they, they they would wipe the floor with them. Barcelona, you know those oh9 2011 teams that thrashed United in the Champions League final. Oh, Javinka. He'll run rough shot over him, you know. Yeah. It, it's I love it. It's nothing is ever Toronto's fault, and yeah. according to the media up there too, they're yeah. they're a bunch of fanboys for TFC. I just Look. I just thought it was great. I love I love some of Herrera. <laughs> Herrera he is. He is a, a funny personality. I remember him during Mexico during the World Cup back in 2014. And Roger Bennett said one of the funniest things about him. He goes, You know, just seeing him animated on the sidelines, going nuts, just ha- hugging everyone. He goes, he goes, He goes, Miguel Herrera looks like he's in a bar fight with himself. It's like he's <laughs> out there on the, on the touchline. Yeah. And it was funny just seeing some of his comments. I mean, it turned into a he said, she said stuff. But yeah. I thought but- it was rather amusing
1: somebody should check the the size of that tunnel because i think that uh, when you got a big boy like altador people just probably just can't get through and you know uh, without bumping into him or him bumping into people. Is,
0: they're, they're making it sound like it's some alleyway, you know, in, in old New York where people would get mugged all the time in this thing. It's lit up. It's got – but, you know, all and it's always – it's never Jose Altidore's fault. Remember that, you know? No. You know, in the United States, when they were terrible in World Cup qualifying, him and Michael Bradley, Toronto media, no, no, it was, it was everyone else's fault. They're great, you know? And that and that dust-up at Sasha Kluschin who was, you know, you know was it wasn't, wasn't sasha's fault it was it was it was always jose's fault you know it, you know it, was, it wasn't jose's fault it was sasha's fault so yeah. yeah rather amusing but you know what they did get the win 3-1 heading back to mexico up uh, two goals in the aggregate so things were actually looking pretty good for tfc to advance to the final yeah and they're yeah. actually another team where they only got their first mls win um uh, last week or so, because I know they lost their first two matches and they might have drawn one. And then, so you know, them too. They obviously they're focusing on the Champions League after winning all the trophies last year. So it'd be interesting to see. Yeah. All right, Alfredo, it was great talking to you once again. Uh, I guess we'll meet up here next week. There is no MLS game this week. Remember, people, if you had tickets for that game, it got pushed back till August. I want to. It was. It's a Wednesday night in August. I don't have the exact date. But there's no game this weekend at Red Bull Arena. If you want, you could show up there, but you know they're not going to let you in because there's no game going on. So the next game, but if you want to go to, it is at Red Bull Arena next Tuesday night. So go there. It'd be great to cheer you. Know, go there, cheer on the Red Bulls, and we'll see what happens. Alfredo, it was great talking with you once again. Enjoy the weekend. You too, Mike. All right, for Alfredo Fumasas, I'm Mike Corbett. Thanks once again for listening to the Fuller Bulls podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FOBS Podcast, on Instagram at Full of Bulls, and visit our Facebook page and subscribe on iTunes. This has been a presentation of the Full of Bulls Podcast. Thank you for listening.